Hi, welcome to The Silver Lining, GFT's podcast on everything related to cloud. Uh, my name is Carl Havard, and I'm delighted to uh, have with me today Leon Orr, who's the Chief Delivery Officer of GFT as well. Hi, Leon. Hi, Carl. Good, good for you to be here. Um, hoping you can give us a little bit of uh, a background on yourself because we're going to dive into DevOps culture and how organizations actually try and migrate their businesses into the cloud, the issues they may face. So I think your background may be quite, uh, quite relevant to this discussion, I hope. Sure, yeah, as you say, uh, my role is uh, Chief Delivery Officer uh, for GFT in the UK. Uh, so that means I manage um, the work we're doing uh, for our UK clients. <clears throat> These are principally, but not exclusively, financial services firms like HSBC, Deutsche Bank, Citibank, uh, Schroeder's, RBS, JP Morgan, UBS, Credit Suisse, as well as a number of fintechs. Uh, and of course, one of the reasons we're talking is because a lot of the work we're doing, certainly over the last three years, is cloud-related. Uh, and we're partners with the three main public cloud service providers, Amazon, Microsoft, and Google. Well, that's great. I mean, um, I, would, I would flip that order. I'd, I'd always put Google first, but that's, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I thought you'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. I mean, I mean obviously, a, a background in some of the most robust, rigorous, compliant, secure environments that are out there. So, um, yeah, if we, if, if, we, if we can dive into the first question then. So, uh, and this is purely from a, a delivery stroke execution perspective. You know, what's your view, you know, across all these organizations you work with, FS and non-FS, what's your view sure. on how organizations are currently managing the way they modernize their applications into the cloud? Uh, with varying degrees of success, I think would be a fair summary. Um, I mean, we're working with our customers and achieving really excellent results. But there's, um, I mean, and there's an industry-wide phenomenon which is increasingly being referred to as the big stall. Uh, so this is where, even with top-level leadership buy-in, uh, and maybe even where you've got uh, organisations have a number of workloads uh, already deployed into the cloud, but it just gets stuck, or it slows right down. Mm. And yeah, and I think there are obviously there are different reasons for this. Um, probably two that I would pick out that I've I've seen consistently. Uh, and the first would be um, that it's, it's just more complex than people thought it would be. I mean, the benefits are enormous. So it, it's obviously it's worth it, but it is a big undertaking. These existing on-premise infrastructures, you know, that many businesses have been running on and have evolved for many years, so when you think of it like this, it's um, it's obvious that replacing it with something better is not going to be simple. So there's simple, so many things to think about and work through. Getting through it all the first time when you deploy deploy your first workloads to the cloud is, is hard, but then industrializing it within your organization as the new way of doing things is even harder. So, so yeah, that's really good. I, I love the term, the big stall. Um, sounds like a movie, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. When I, when, I, when I first heard it, I thought that is spot on. That yeah. is exactly, exactly what I see happening. Yeah, maybe there is a movie we can make in the future instead of a podcast. But um, <laughs> but, but but yeah, no, it, it, it is it is complex. I think some of the the, the conversations we've had with with other people too, they're talking about the complexity, mm -hmm. um, and and the the change that I guess IT teams responsible for 
um, migrating their organizations at the technical level and the delivery level, you know, they're, they're having to learn new things, even, yeah. even, even yeah. think in new ways. You know, you could call it that the, a change in mindset is required. Yeah. The other thing yeah, I think is that there's no point moving to the cloud if you're expecting everyone to work in the same way as they did before. You know, so if you're really going to reap the benefits, you've got to change how your organization works. So that, you know, therefore it goes without saying, it's, this isn't something that's just within technology infrastructure teams, but across line of business technology. Uh, and more importantly, and the business itself um, has to recognize that, you know, things are going to be different. Yeah. Did you, so do you think, I mean, there's a change in dynamic, let's call it that, you know, the communication between the technical teams, delivery teams and the business side. Um, do, you, do, you, do you find that's one of the, the reasons for the big stall, as in the communications gap is probably wider now because of this? I think that the, the relationship between, you know, what we've traditionally referred to as, you know, the business and technology is, is if, is going to change dramatically, uh, and what I think is the um, the the idea that it's 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 two different sort of counterparties involved in a change. If that is not if it's as I say, it's either going to disappear entirely or going to change totally. And what we're going to see, because as uh, more firms affect the change successfully, is that it's no longer going to be uh, the business and technology with a customer supplier type relationship, but just one team and we're seeing that with the advent of uh, many more digital type roles who are bought into what it is they want to achieve and not necessarily uh, at the outset how they want to achieve it because that can come but at the at the outset to say right what is it we're trying to change here yeah um, that, that's really interesting what you said so the instead of widening the gap or the gap today being that they're probably talking slightly different languages a bit like the the, the british and the and the and, and the us maybe <laughs> we speak yeah. the same language but we we have different in, um, interpretations of that and, and i think you know certain labels in businesses are used um, but people define them differently what you've just said is very interesting so the business becoming or the need to becoming more digital stroke um, technically savvy mm. and maybe the 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 tech teams and the digital teams is becoming more business savvy so you get this point of this melting pot taking place from and, and a nice blended view of what you, what you call the um, multidisciplinary cross-functional teams working yeah. together hand in hand going forward is that what you're saying absolutely so the, yeah. the you know the high performing teams you know the um are as you say the famous sort of two pizza teams and that that's involves the business uh, line of business technology and who were traditionally technology operations people sitting around a table and getting something done from concept through to working software in the hands of a user within days. Right, right, yeah. And, and, and achieving that requires people to accept that their traditional organizational structures don't really fit that model. Yeah. So interestingly, this so we started the discussion around delivery and execution, and we've quickly moved into business operating models and structures now, which I think is is a really key element. Now you talk to many consultancies, and they say you know transformation is three things: technology, people, and process. And I think you know the technology piece today, it's always going to be moving fast. It's always going to be you know there for us. You can't blame the technology because that's the 
uh, that's always going to be improving. It's actually the people and processes that need to sort themselves out, call it that, in order to maybe move forward. So based upon where we are today then, there's just every organisation um, or most, you know, there's a lot of digital natives out there, but most legacy organisations are on this journey. Mm. Do you think then that the the boardroom, um, maybe because of their lack of digital savviness, let's call it that, are probably demanding too much of their IT teams today? I'll pivot that question. Okay. A bit, if you don't mind. <laughs> Pop politician, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, if you're setting out on a cloud migration program. Uh, unless you, you've you're, you've got a sole objective to reduce infrastructure costs, but setting that aside, if you if you're doing a large scale cloud migration program, if the program's objectives aren't based on business outcomes, then you're starting in the wrong place. So, I don't think it's really um, about whether or not the business is asking too much from IT. Rather, I think it's that both parties go into it with a clear understanding of what it is they want to achieve. And then a total commitment to its delivery, you know. And as I, as I said before, then um, I, as we go forward, I, as I see the boundaries between your business and technology, if not evaporating, they'll be substantially changing. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a really good answer, actually. I mean, beyond diplomacy, it's actually quite. Both parties need to work together, you know, and and ask the same questions of each other. I guess for that to really work, though, you would need. A, a strong sponsor that genuinely owns it at, at the senior level, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think you've, you've got to have that business visionary. I don't think they need to get embroiled in the um, the intricacies of the technical migration, but they, they need there needs to be that strong leadership from the business, absolutely. Mm. And, and identifying that sponsor who will see it through is critical. Yeah. And then I think it's, I mean, it's then it's for firms like GFT, to provide advice on what's possible, explain the best ways to implement it and, and help our clients through it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, uh, like you, I'm, I'm personally involved in another number of projects as well. And you, you do have um, a business sponsor by name. Uh, they show up at the start and they show up at the end. <laughs> and that does not necessarily the best way to, to, to be involved. So, yeah, I would totally agree that they, they need to, really be present throughout the yeah. whole process. I mean, yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, for example, their reports need to be, you know, the product owners who are driving the change on a day-by-day basis with the agile teams that we talked about before. You know, that, you know there's, um, uh, you know, the, if any time you see the existence of sort of proxy product owners from technology, you know, laying out the business priorities, you know, that's, you know, that's clearly a risk. And yeah. that's, you're starting to think, hang on, is the business really bought into this? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, taking everything you said uh, before, uh, actually, you're, you're painting um, a rosier picture <laughs> than what we've, we've discussed before. So, it, 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 I guess the, the the common thing here is the ethos is, is for people to accept each other's roles, understand each other better, but also hold each other to account mm. and, and and have that common purpose from you know from a cloud migration point of view that they're they're striving for on a business but also on a on a, a technical level. Um so final question then. So, so so based on your experience and everything you said, you know, uh we always do a top three, whether you whether you've got less or more, it doesn't matter, but but let's ask a question. What would your top three recommendations be for IT stroke DevOps teams in order to accelerate and maximize the chance of success? I think the first one, and this will come as no surprise, is to establish business sponsorship for the change. And having done that, 
the next thing is to deliver value immediately. So I think gone are the days where, uh, for technology anyway, where people were happy with these multi-year programs where you get two years into it, uh, only to realize it's, it's sort of heading off in the wrong direction. Mm. Um, you know, at GFT, we use an expression, lighthouse projects. So that's where you set up the program, you have a clear vision, and then you start delivering value straight away. And then you keep delivering it in, in a small and incremental way. Uh, and that's the way to start these programs. Right. Uh, and then the final uh, I think point I would make, and I, I would say this, it would be to partner with a firm like GFT. You know, we have got a lot of battle-hardened cloud engineers who know what goods looks like and know how to get there. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so we can help uh, our clients, and we are helping our clients accelerate that journey to the cloud. Uh, more importantly, to to get business benefits from it on the way, and avoid very costly and uh, potentially very embarrassing uh, pitfalls along the way. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think three very valid points, uh, and, and on the last one, I think that the the term sometimes you hear is is scars as well as uh, so. I think it's difficult for businesses to actually inside their own organisation find the people that have been there and done it and, and got the t-shirt. Where actually, there's a lot of organisations, as you say. Um, like GFT and, and, mm. and others that uh, that have done this many many times, but um, yeah, prevent, preventing the big stall, preventing the uh, the inertia that happens, which also racks up costs accordingly unnecessarily, is obviously the key thing to to avoid. So so Leon, thanks ever so much for taking the time to, to pleasure. Chat um, hopefully we will speak again very soon, and uh, thanks to everybody else for for listening in. Cheers, cheers, Carl. Bye bye.